<laughs> Use it as one of the sound bites. Uh, Art I'm, uh, I'm, I'm bowing it. P. Diddy, it is <laughs> August 17th, 2021, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm your host, Brock Fleming, and with me again, wearing his Saskatchewan Rough Riders jersey as a super Here fan and a, a Pirates hat is none other than Pep Cariotti. How you doing, Pep? <laughs> I'm good, man. I am good. Saskatchewan 2 and 0 baby. Woo! You know what? This is crazy. They start four games in a row at home. I wonder uh, if that was strategic with COVID. I'm not really sure. Maybe the scheduling they made it like that because it was a safe zone or but who knows. There was some talk about that from the Ottawa standpoint of having a few away games first in order to accommodate Ontario's uh lockdown procedures and stuff like that. I mean, boy, you know, a nine game home season and you play four right off the bat at home. That's pretty. Yeah. Uh, it's a nice. It's a nice schedule to say the least. So for sure, they should be three and one, at least. Well, they play the Red Blacks this week, so be a tough test for Ottawa. We'll see what kind of offense they have. Yeah, so three and zero is what's going to happen for Saskatchewan. Wow, who knows, Ma? Ottawa's defense was good. Ottawa, hey, whatever. We're going to get into a little bit of CFL um, a little bit later, and uh, our takes on some of those uh, first few weeks in the season and it's uh, it hasn't been very pretty to say the it's least it's been downright ugly um you know what i forgot to do here hold on one second pep requested a new Walk up music. I put it together 10 seconds before we went on air and I forgot to use it when I introduced you. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna have to change hey, that. That's not as pumped up as I want it to be. It needs to be a little so bit louder. When we start the show from now on, you go single frame, just you, and then hey, welcome. It's uh, it's uh, unsportsmanlike combo. I'm Brock, and boom. You know what we need? Entrance. No, what we need is we need <laughs> Mike or Curtis in like a circus blazer. Like the ring top sort of thing, and they yeah, do the yeah. intros. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. I'm pretty sure Mike's shaking his head in the back, but I think he'd be down <laughs> for it. You never know. Okay. Yeah, we're the dog days of summer, kid. There's, uh, you know, the, sorry, if my mic is a little bit loud here, let me adjust that. That's in your own earphones. That's a little bit better, right? Yeah, right for everybody, though. Okay, good. Um, Dog days of summer in terms of sports, you know, baseball is uh, baseball is exciting because now the pennant races and, you know, teams that are in it are playing hard and they've made moves before the deadline. But like you and I were talking earlier, what like Olympics are done, football training camp. I mean, there's some interesting, intriguing stories. Certainly injuries are playing a little bit of a part in things now as they progress. But, you know, basketball's totally done. The draft is over. Summer league, they're about to have their championship. Um Hockey, really quiet on the hockey front. Uh, 
I've tried to keep it relevant on one of our sports pages. I think I posted something about how close Ovi is to catching. I think he's 30 goals from catching Yager. And then okay. he needs about 60 or 70 to catch Howe. And then he needs 164 to catch Gretzky. But by that time, if he averages 50 a, a year for the next three years, that's 150 goals, he'll be 39 years old. That's actually not that's bad, pretty, really. In today's NHL, it's remarkable that you could score 50 at any age, let alone 39. I, I mean, I'm super – if anybody can do it, it's him. I mean, he is just a goal-scoring machine. He's fit. I mean, the way he plays hockey – you know, he, he's a hitter for his size. Like, I think people don't misunderstand or misunderestimate Ovechkin's strength, don't you think? Yeah, I think traditionally, yes. I think he's obviously started to accept his age and, you know, wants to play for a bit longer. So I feel like he's not quite as reckless uh, a kamikaze on the ice as he yeah, was back sure. in the day. But, again, I can appreciate that. That's, I mean... I'm less kamikaze with getting out of bed nowadays. Like the fact that he could do that while still playing a high level of hockey is still fairly impressive. Well, you know, I find, um, I just find uh, like his conditioning is remarkable for his age, but I also, I don't watch USA hockey unless it's a a Canadian team playing an American team. I I rarely turn on uh, a Capitals Bruins game or uh, Capitals, whatever, if it is televised, if it happens to be televised. Like, admittedly, as a Canadian, I don't watch two American teams unless it's playoffs, and even then, I don't watch. So, why do you think that is? Like, And are you the same way? Am I the only one? You're the only one for a lot of things, Pep, but that is not. (laughs) um, It's... I mean, this year was a special case, so it was all the Canadian teams playing each other. The other divisions, no clue. Generally speaking... Unless you have a love for a team or country or a hate for another team, it loses some of that luster. I was talking to uh, Andrew's cousin, Mike's cousin, um, this weekend at a family gathering. So he's the one who trains uh, uh, Mariel Shayok. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Um, yep. So he just came from a tour. So Matt at Coastlag is the, is the guy, and he went down for, uh, you know, tour. He was in Phoenix training, Mariel, and all that kind of stuff, and he did a little tour on the West Coast and see all these outdoor uh, courts and stuff, like the White Man Can Jump Court and all those kind of places, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. But he said he was in Phoenix, and the NBA championship games are on, so he thought it would be this huge hoopla and whatever. And he's like, there's nothing. Like, it just wasn't... Uh, I mean, it was 41 degrees at night, I think. So it was maybe too mm-hmm. hot for people to be outside the arena and sort of celebrating, but he just felt like it wasn't there. And I, I brought up our conversation that we had where it was, you know, the Bucks and the Suns were both fairly likable teams. There wasn't anybody on the team that you even wanted to cheer against necessarily. So unless you were a fan of either team, it was kind of a, or, and I wasn't, you know, I'm not into watching, basketball for the love of the basketball schemes and what they're doing and how the players are running that kind of stuff. Um, So for me, there wasn't a lot of motivation to tune in. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the same with a lot of people nowadays is we're just so, uh, there's just so much information, so many sports on the go that we're getting all the stuff in. And unless you have and have gravitated and, and grepped onto a team as a fan of that team, and a, a certain game will affect that team, I just feel like 
it's there's so many other things that you might care more about to watch, and I think that's where I am with some of the hockey. So you watch the Canadians. I think you're the same way. You watch the Habs. You know, you'll watch the Leafs, the 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 Sens, because it kind of affects the the Habs. It's also, you know, the other big teams within the the uh, the area, the geographical area that we're in. So you're taking a lot of heat from other people. Um, but otherwise, why would you tune in? Right. That's exactly what I'm thinking. So, Pierre, bang on. Um, let's try something here real quick. I think Pep might have froze. Mike, what if I brought you in and asked you a question here real quick? I think that's a sure. Sure, that was a sure. <laughs> are you watching a lot? Like, are you watching hockey if it's not an Ottawa Senators game? Uh, typically, I wouldn't anyways. So, it Historically, like I, I watch the Sens, but that's about it. And maybe the odd uh, hockey night in Canada game. Okay, so you're the same way too. So that's three for three right now that we're not tuning in. Oh, good. To other hockey games that really don't impact the teams you're cheering for. Although you bring up a Washington Boston one, there's a bit of a rivalry there. There's a distaste for the the Bruins and some of the players and and whatnot. I, I would sometimes watch some of it. I, I would not watch 60 minutes of it, but I would tune in or I would check the highlights or something. Pep, you're I'm back with us? Something. I'm back. Can you guys hear me okay? We can, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, we're getting some inclement weather here, so it might, it might have been just uh, uh, an adjustment here. I'm back. Um, Thank you, Michael. I think hockey, and I want to get into ba- a little bit of baseball later when it comes to you, Mike, uh, <laughs> when it comes to uh, the Field of Dreams game and that setting. You know, um, uh, hockey lacks. Why don't you go right into it? The, yeah. Okay. Let's do Just that. Just explain I'll, it. Let's explain so, what that is. So the the Field of Dreams game was a baseball game this past week that was held at the site where they uh, where they f- recorded the the movie Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner and in Idaho you know, or something, wasn't it? In Iowa, yeah. Iowa. When Idaho, got, it's Iowa. on the farm. He lives there and. You know, Kevin Costner sees the the ghosts of uh, former White Sox players coming out of the, the the cornfields, and he plays baseball with them. And but his family can't see them; they just they, you know, so they think he's kind of losing it or whatever. But I think somehow, some way, they're able to see him near the end of the movie. Anyway, the, the setting was great, but I did not and, expect you to go into a review, a, a step by step of the actual movie. <laughs> Who hasn't seen Feel the Dreams at this point? If you're You'd listening and you have not seen Feel the Dreams, drop a quick comment. Anyway, You'd be surprised. continue. Um, so, you know, they obviously retrofitted that that cornfield and uh, the baseball diamond. They put some stands and they made it ready for baseball. And they did a, a beautiful job. You see the fence. The fence was like this wood paneling and the stands was was, was big enough to fit about 8,000 people. Um, Which was just the, everything was all of Iowa, I think. Was pretty much all of Iowa. Yeah. It was such a beautiful setting, and you know the dynamic, the 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 dimensions of the field was really cool. Like it's it's different. You hit a home run, it's going into a cornfield. I remember uh, Houston. I think it was Houston or Texas. I can't remember which stadium. It wasn't long ago either. Where there, the center field, there was a hill you had to had to sort of go up to catch a fly ball. It wasn't long ago. Like a couple, only a few years ago. It might have been Minute Maid Park actually. And then they got rid of that because, you know, obviously injury potential. That was in the NL, I think. Mike might be able to confirm. Might have been, yeah. I just think 
the settings and the, the the unique specifications of stadiums and hockey rinks. Well, hockey rinks don't have it, but baseball. The beauty of them is their parks are all different, and it's a beautiful. You, you sit there for three hours. The, the actual gameplay, really. Let's face it, right? It's like a few hits a game. There's a couple nice catches, but you're sitting around. You're enjoying some food with your family, all that good stuff. In hockey, it's constant, but everything is cookie cutter in hockey. Outside of the arenas themselves, the ice is the same. All the lo- the Pretty much all the graphics on the boards are the same. The boards are actually the, the same color. Nothing is different. And I find that to be boring. You know, back in our time, Brock, when we were growing up, the Montreal, the, the Montreal Forum had some slightly different dimensions. I th- actually think the Boston Garden ice was smaller. Uh, the boards rattled. Some rinks, the, you could hear the board shake. Some rinks, he didn't. They were rat- like the, the MSG, you could hear the boards. I think the boards would shatter like six or seven feet. You don't see that anymore in hockey. Everything is cookie cutter. Everything is like pretty much the same. And that's the beauty of baseball. Did you watch that the, that game? Did you catch any? I mean, the game itself was awesome, but did you actually watch it? Uh, it was the opening stuff that I had watched. So those who haven't seen the movie, you know, none of you, you remember when the players come out onto the field, they come through the corn stalk of like center mm-hmm. field. And that's how these players were introduced and brought into the game. And it was even the camera angles from behind the scenes of, you know, judge going through the corn stalks, then coming out. And then also the other angle where they're coming out that you can't see them. Then they pop out. It was all kind of magical for lack of yeah. a better term. Like it was just the game itself. And I didn't know, I did not watch the Yankees socks game. game. I saw the highlights and, and whatever, but I did see the the pre uh, entertainment and the the opening of it, and I thought that they did a real good job with it. Looks like the Cincinnati Reds and the Chicago Cubs are going to play there next year, so they're going to make it an annual thing, and it'll be I think it'll be awesome. The game happened to be really really exciting. I think it was nine to eight, and it was a walk off by Tim Anderson. The, the White Sox won, but I mean that was sort of a secondary. That was like a, you know a cherry on top of the cake. Like it was a great game, but the setting was just awesome. I heard that and there's hockey. a lobby right now uh, to people are lobbying so that they do a, a sandlot version next time next to the dumpster and like go for it. Hey, like, if it's uh, safe for players, why not? I, look, it, I, I do. I like the outdoor hockey stuff. I mean, it's kind of cool, but again, the rink is pretty much the same. It's is just it outside. not losing its luster at this point? It's lost. It's all its luster because the ice gets crappy and the, you know, the hockey itself doesn't end up being very good. Um, you know, it's an opportunity to make a, a little bit bigger rink because it's outdoors, but they won't do it because they're just they're dead set on whatever they're dead set on. I mean, hockey needs some rivalry. Baseball, it's like, you know, a pitch goes in, you see some a guy look at the pitcher, and the next thing you know, the bench is clear, and it's a little bit of excitement in baseball. You don't see that in hockey. Everything seems to be staged in hockey. The goons will look at each other, and they'll, they'll plan, okay, second period, let's go at it, if that even happens. There's not that much hitting anymore. I just find hockey to be so generic, and I find baseball is starting to make a comeback in terms of the, the purity of the game. And if I had children, I think I might put them in baseball before any other sport. Well, I'm going to give a quick shout-out to uh, the Shaver family. So I was, okay. uh, those who don't know, uh, well, Mike, Mike Shaver? Mike Shaver and his family had stayed with us for a bit, and anyway, good friends of Ange. But Mike's older brother, Luke, who was on the 2000 Vanier Cup team here at Ottawa U, was a phenomenal free safety, um, ball hawk, pretty big dude. Anyway, the, their family in general is, is full of like studs. One's, a, one's an, an F-18 uh, fighter jet pilot. 
Luke wow. flies for the military too, but like the bigger buses. Mike's a firefighter, and uh, even Lee's uh, in the military now, and he's getting his pilot license to do that kind of stuff too. Anyways, very cool jobs. Pat, the older, didn't play football, but he did the uh, flyovers at the Jets uh, playoff game one time. It was him in there. Cool. And there was another one where uh, Luke had actually done the, I think it was a flyover for a Jets game too, but he, like, from the cockpit, uh, Gave the the starting lineups maybe or something. Anyway, he did something. It was through the mic. Anyway, it's kind of cool. Anyway, yada yada. Circle back. Uh, Luke's two. Ki- Luke's got three kids. Two of them are are pretty are stud baseball players. One's seventeen. He's jacked. Um, and then there's a fourteen year old. But they both play in the seventeen under league. And uh, he's out in Belleville. But they play in this Ottawa baseball league of some sort. Anyway, they mm-hmm. were up here this weekend playing. So we went out and watched them play, and it was really good baseball. And it mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, again, my kids seem to be a bit intrigued about it too. And, you know, and uh, I don't know. It was nice to see young guys playing baseball and taking it seriously and traveling forward. And, and it for a while there, it felt like it was kind of starting to fall off. But maybe it is making a comeback. And, uh, you know, hockey, like you said, is kind of generic for a feel to it. And it's unfortunate. But, you know, it's... Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of like baseball. I mean, I, I mean, I should really specify the pro game. I, I you know, I uh, I'm watching minor hockey's super awesome. The kids are playing hard. They're playing for roles and spots, and uh, you know, you know, if there's a scout in the audience, they're playing hard for them, and they're not getting paid. So it's like there's for the love of the game, but also to want to go further. But the pros, I just find it to be, I just find it to be just so generic, and uh, that's that's my problem with hockey. It's just too it's too much the same thing. And if, if I were to turn on a game and put it on black and white, and then turn on another game and put it on black and white, and not know who's playing, it could I, both teams could pass for each other. At least in baseball, you've got different sized pitchers, lefties, righties, underarmers, uh, guys who hesitate. Like there's a, a variety of different things to, to to enjoy and appreciate in baseball. Their stances, the batting stances. Uh, the sound of the ball coming off the bat, little things that I've lost my appreciation for in hockey. I don't even think I can hear a puck hitting the stick anymore because of the, I mean, it just doesn't happen anymore. Have you, know you I mean? seen there's a league now? Nah, I wish I had the clips or whatever right now, but there's a, I've seen it. Barstool sports tweets it out often. It's a baseball league somewhere. And they're like, so you know how every batter has their walk up song, right? There's a mm-hmm. song that plays in the background where these guys mm-hmm. take it to a whole new level. So one I've seen where, the batter actually has the mic and he's like getting the, the crowd pumped and introducing himself. Then he like mic drops. And then there's another one where That's cool. the guy's coming out and he has a caddy. So there's a caddy, like a golf bag I and stuff. That. And he's walking <laughs> out and then he's checking the club and you can see the catcher for the other team is smirking at the same time. So, you know, sure. you know, it's a league wide type, whatever, but even that alone, like just the, entertainment that's between yeah it's going to drag the game on a little bit because it's going to take a little longer to get out there but i don't know i found it again it was something new it was something fresh it was something that was taking taken in the right context so it wasn't like the other team was upset about it and like why are they doing this controversy everybody's having fun with it the baseball itself was still very good baseball but they you know threw in some uh I don't know, some extra stuff. And it was, it was entertainment. Yeah. You know, but their own flavor, it was a, you know, their personalities and stuff. And anyway, it's, uh, I found it amusing. What are you getting bang for your buck to go see the sins? Sparta cat shooting t-shirts at you. Uh, yeah. If we're lucky subs shot at us, get a a ham and cheese in the chest. 
you're you're stuck. They put people in a they blindfold people and get them to run around on the ice. I mean, it's the same song and dance every time you go. And then the product on the ice, if it's game number forty four, and the Sens are twenty games out of it, what are you getting for your for your buck? You know, so I just I'm 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 a I'm a huge baseball fan. I've just become a huge baseball fan over the last fifteen years, and it's it's overtaken my 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 love for hockey, and uh, uh, football is football. I'll, I'll just and I inherently get excited. It's like I'll watch any football game. I don't care who's playing. It's one of the only sports I can say that basketball, even basketball, if it's two teams I don't really enjoy, I'll turn it off. But there's an NFL football game on. I don't care who it is. I'm watching. Does that have anything to do with you getting older? <laughs> oh, I'm serious. Like you think uh, yeah, back in the day and think, maybe. oh, yeah, I think my father-in-law, he's a traditionalist, loves baseball and all those intricacies. Mm-hmm. He would not like any of that other you know, shenanigans and the caddy and stuff like that. Like he's over that. But I, when I think of baseball, I think of, you know, older people liking it and saying, well, it's a little easier to follow. It's, uh, you know, maybe hockey's, I don't know, too fast. Maybe it's whatever. Is, is baseball just, is your love for baseball have any correlation with you getting older? It could, it could very well be. I could have a better appreciation for baseball and the uh, just the purity of the game, and I just think that uh, hockey, the the technology in hockey, is caught up, and the the game hasn't adjusted. Like it's just the players are too big, too fast, too strong. It's a it's a total. I'm totally commending the players. Like this is not. A, I'm not dumping on the players. They're just too good, and hockey hasn't adjusted. They've just they rest by their laurels, saying, "Well, we we'll just throw the ice on and we'll make a rink and." And it'll all be generic and the same in every arena, and that's that. It's not enough. The that's game the same. is losing its luster. Yeah, and that'll be the same for minor. You know, you say, oh, the minor one is better. That's fine. Yeah, maybe the hockey's better. Or maybe it's more fun to watch guys that are trying to come up and make a name for themselves. Sure. Mm-hmm. But as a, you know, a father of a kid who's playing hockey, you say, you know what? If you're thinking back to tournaments or, like, you've traveled certain distances to get to a place – when you think back in your head and you say what like stood out, the rinks are all the same. Once you get in the barn, it's all the same. The locker rooms are what left or right, same setup, showers the same, whatever. You're on the ice. Yep. You would have to go into your memory and think like what was outside of the rink? What was in that town? Like how do you stand out your variety of road trips in your memory? It has nothing to do with the ice, the barn that they're playing in. They're all Zero. the same. So it's just it's it is what it is, I guess. But Here's an explanation point exclamation point on my on my thought is that PNC Park in Pittsburgh is actually part of your tourist attraction. If so, if you're a tourist and you want an agenda itinerary to to go and visit sites in Pittsburgh, the park itself is on the list. Even if the even if the Pirates aren't playing, so it tells you how beautiful the park is. The scenery right behind there's the uh, the river behind it. Like that's pretty cool. And you know, not every park has to be Fenway Park. With a with a short porch and making things really weird, although I love it, it's just it makes it dynamic. Like you you adjust your lineup because you know your right field is like two hundred feet. <laughs> Would that ever happen? The reason it's That's there cool. is because it's a historical baseball park. I if they it. said, you know what, we got a new park going up in the New York Yankees, their new park that went up a few <laughs> years back, and they're like, actually, our right field is going to be significantly shorter, but we're going to have a huge wall and we're going to whatever. People would be like, what are you doing? It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the fact that the Red Sox are able to keep it, like let's say the Red Sox at some point that stadium's got to come down for safety reasons, I would assume. 
So do they put up another one with the with the the big monster? monster? I would hope so. I would hope so too. But I, I just don't know so. if they would vote that in or decide to do it. Anyway, it's in uh, my mind. I could name PNC Park. Uh, I can name the San Diego Park, which I think is Petco. Camden Yards has not aged at all. It's still a top flight park, even though it was one of the first of the old school parks. Uh, Cleveland's investing some money to to in, to fix up theirs. The Rangers Park, it's, they're beautiful parks, and even football. I'll give football some credit too, although the money is astounding. But like the new Rams and and uh, Vegas uh, domes, they're they're like state of the art. They're shopping malls essentially. The mm-hmm. Minnesota, I mean, these are beautiful venues, and they all have uh, like when we when you go watch a football game, it's one of the things you take with you, right? When you go home, is how beautiful the scenery was in the park and the people, and you don't get that in hockey. You just don't. Yeah, it's true. I think I think we've hammered the point. I the, think, yeah. the point home. Um, <laughs> I want to move on, Brock. I want to move on to. I want to stay on football, actually. Do if it. That's okay with you. So, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and Trevor Lawrence have uh, all gotten a little bit of time in the last couple of games. Um, as I don't think any of them, except for well, actually, is Wilson has he already been named anointed the starter in uh, in New York? It, there hasn't been a lot of news out of New York. I, it, What's their know, alternative? A, I don't think they have one. I don't think so. We either. have to look that up. A fact check would have to look up who's backing up. And uh, it was Flacco last year. He's gone. He's in Philly. Um, Our fact checker is Curtis, and he's at Kane's practice, I'm sure. I, I got to tell you, Trey Lance made a throw across the field, uh, hit his receiver in stride. That's a nice throw, but I'm pretty sure it was all second second string guys. I caught you. I think it was this 80 yard touchdown. I saw the highlight about a hundred times. Like, like it was an, uh, the most remarkable, amazing throw a human being has ever made. Like, do these guys get blown up way too quickly? And does it affect their careers moving forward? Like, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on these kids. He's only 20 something, right? Like, and he's not even gonna, he's not even a starter. Like, did you see the throw? Number one and number two, um, is that just a lot of pressure for a kid? Where he's under the microscope, microscope for every single play. I mean, that's the that's par for the course for any NFL quarterback. Um, so, you know, you're aware of that when you get in there. These are things that they try and test you on pre-draft. The questionnaires, the things they put you through, the uh, Mariucci's backroom breakdown or Gruden's, whoever was doing <laughs> it. Like, that's the kind of stuff they're trying to. They're trying to figure out if you can handle it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's because there is a significant amount of pressure. Now, I don't think Trey Lance has that much pressure on him, um, given his situation um, with um, Garoppolo still being there. I think he's in a great situation. Let's him, let's him develop. I think Trevor Lawrence is in a situation that's going to have a lot of pressure. Um, I think, I mean... Wilson might have a situation, a lot of pressure too. If and Mike confirms that there was no uh, nobody else uh, in the Jets, then he's expected to start. I mean, ask Sam Darnold and those guys what kind of pressure it is. And it's not even pressure to market. perform. It's like, hey, we don't have an O line. You want pressure? Mm-hmm. You're going to get physical pressure and <laughs> mental pressure. Bun shots. That means good luck for those Americans. Anyway, so those those are two situations where there's very high pressure. Anybody impress you this offseason so far, quarterback or otherwise? Uh, 
you know, I, I really think Justin Fields might have a pretty yeah. good season. And, you know, there's a Agile. soft spot there with Hank coaching and uh, having a, a hand in his development. Um, but I really think that he's uh, he's got a lot of intangibles. So it could be really good. He's you know who I, Sorry. Well, we got confirmation Zach Wilson is the starter according to ESPN. Okay. You know who I think might have a, a, a good season if he, if he has healthy receivers? I think Jalen Hurts is going to be all right. I think the Eagles are going to be all right. I think that, that division is theirs for the taking. I don't think anybody's made great strides to really improve a ton. No offense to the Washington football team, but Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, he's, he's a gunslinger. He'll have a couple of good games, obviously, because that's just what he does. Dak Prescott's health is constantly in question. I don't think he's played a whole lot in, in this preseason. And uh, and the other team is the Giants, and they seem to be imploding and you know getting on their own coach and four guys retired in a week. And so I none of those guys I, were I key know. guys. I actually think the Giants are going to do pretty good this year, and not by well, pretty good. I mean they're going to do a lot better than they were last year. They were competitive last year. So, they were competitive, I mean, and Saquon was know, out for the whole yeah. season. Yeah, uh, they picked up uh, well Kadarius Tony out of Florida, yeah. who's a fairly fun playmaker. I think Daniel Jones is the real deal if he gets some protection and a coordinator that sort of tailors to him. I think he's very much along the lines of, um, you know, if he's in the right situation, I think he's he's kind of like an Allen to me. You know what I mean? Like he has mm-hmm. that arm strength. He has some mobility. Um, he just hasn't had the same situation. And that's a $200 million situation apparently mm-hmm. after uh, Allen signs that big deal. But um, you know, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think Hertz could have a breakout year. I think Tua, who has been kind of uh, looked down on over the last little while and questioned, I think Tua in Miami might actually have a real good season too. Uh, What's going on in Houston? Why why is Watson Watson still there? He I, he I saw a clip of him the other day lay into a reporter about why are you still recording me? This is the same effing shit. Sorry, uh, sorry, call me. If, I don't know where that kiss are. Do we have a sensor? Oh, my bad. Oh, listen, my... Goodness that gracious. just totally came out, man. I'm so sorry. That was a direct quote, though. So I mean, I can okay. give you half All right. marks. All right. My bad, guys. My bad. Are we off the air? Okay, I'll, I'm getting oh. a text. I'm going to rock there. Go. I'm gonna have to start putting that uh, college football thing at that point. Like yeah, I did with your yeah. mom. yesterday. Happy birthday, Ninge. Yeah. But he was just yelling at the reporter. I mean, you could tell that he's frustrated with the situation. I think he's frustrated as to why he's still there. Um, uh, people are complaining about how long the investigation is taking, and uh, the whole thing's a hot mess. Houston might be one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. And I don't think the Jets are going to be as bad. I think their defense on paper looks pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you know what really affects a good defense on paper? fatigue and if you're mm. on the field for 60 minutes those madden ratings and whatever mm-hmm. five star yeah. uh, rankings they drop fairly quickly when you're gassed i find it easy to talk about the good teams right like and what they're going to do well because they, they're tried and tested the kansas cities the green bays the pittsburgh's baltimore's those teams at cleveland's but i'm i'm really trying to focus this offseason on the teams that are expected to, to do nothing, like the Jets, the Steelers, like oh, Jacksonville. Sorry. Did you say the Steelers? 
No, what was didn't that? Say that. Did you say the Steelers? No, I, I didn't, didn't say, say the No, I didn't okay. say this. I thought, okay, sorry. Shall I remind everybody that they were 12 and 4 and won the North last year? I, I'm just, I don't know. Well, I know, but your whole offense. thing was like, who's not going to do as well? And Anyway, I thought that's where I, you're going. My fault. My fault. Their offensive line, Adrian Clem, their new offensive line coach, a former Patriot, former Patriot employee and offensive lineman, is doing a hell of a job. Brock, the role of an, of an offensive line coach, underrated in the NFL? Uh, anything offensive line related is underrated. Yeah? 100%. I mean, look what, at the what, Gigi's announced their whole staff. The whole, like, pictures, everything, all the supporting staff that are there. Where's the O-line? Not there. Carl's the O-line mm-hmm. coach still. Not not even addressed. Like, the whole the, – the coaches clinic I go to in Cincinnati that was um, Bob Wiley, who's the, the Red Blacks O-line coach right now. Love Bob Wiley. Um, James McNally, those guys, they founded this mushroom society, which was for offensive linemen because, it like, the quote – or the the saying is that uh, they keep us in the dark and feed us crap for dinner kind of thing. So that's what you do for mushrooms and whatever, and that's how they treat offensive linemen. Yes, 100%, it's underrated. Um, The sophistication in blocking schemes versus the sophistication of a defense and what they've been doing in blitzes and what they're showing and how – Important it is for the offensive line to keep your golden boy who's making way more money than any of the other players up. (laughs) They're the face of your franchise. Like, yeah, there's pressure from media from the quarterbacks you talk about and pressure for some of that stuff. The actual, like, pressure on five guys to keep a quarterback up and healthy while combating defenses with the sophistication levels that they are in the NFL is is absurd. It's it's crazy. So it's always uh, yeah, I'm an I'm an alignment, but always underrated. I'm very interested to see the bad teams in the AFC and NFC uh and how they turn their season around based on their what they've done or what they've not done to their offensive line core. <laughs> I, that was a great Mike, uh, Mike, our assistant the producer here with the got He got jokes in the background. That's all right. That's all right. When I think about the bad teams in the AFC, I think about the jets, the Jaguars, um, Vegas slash Denver in that, in that Western uh, pay, uh, race and uh, the Bengals. And between those teams, I mean, I don't, I don't know if they've done enough offensively in terms of the offensive line to really uh, get them to that next level. Now, I saw that uh, Panay Sewell, Sewell, the yeah, he's the playing the right lineman. tackle I, for the uh, Lions. Yeah, I saw him get absolutely destroyed by Buffalo's first round pick on a couple of plays. So I think the one the was Cincinnati. Yeah, one was very highlighted. Um, yes, he came in with the one arm run on his chest, kind of got extension. Um, you look at the film, the right guard got beat, which prohibited the, the quarterback from stepping up a bit. Um, so yes, it was his guy that, that got the, the sack. It was, you know, it didn't look great, but ultimately he should have been able to get away with it. If the right guard had done his job properly, the quarterback would have just stepped up. He would have been able to probably walk him by anyway. 
it didn't look great. Uh, so there was a lot of people who were chiming in about uh, his technique and getting beat. Mm-hmm. Here's a pop-up question for you while it just came into my head. Who finishes with a better record? Jared Goff's team or Sam Bradford's team? Sam Bradford? Who's who's he playing Sam for? Sam Bradford. Matt Stafford? <laughs> Matt Stafford. <laughs> I, I have Sam Bradford. I just pictured that number eight with it. He had those shoulder pads that were super wide, and he yeah. was tall. But he his year his best year was with the Rams, and I always have him stuck with the Rams. Sorry, Matt Stafford. Oh, yes. Sam Bradford. <laughs> Stafford is no question. You think, I, you think the Rams have a better record than the Lions this year? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. I, I don't even think that's that debatable of a question. Um, I think Stafford's a better quarterback than Goff. I think now Stafford is in a situation that he, like you and I talked about, we talked about mm-hmm. uh, Megatron being a, a Hall of Famer without very good quarterbacks, and he said, "Well, it, it depends on where Stafford falls into those rankings." And we both agree this see. is going to be his make or break with this this opportunity with the Rams. I think they're, again, it's the best situation he's been in a long time since Georgia. And uh, I, I don't know. I think he's going to do very well. So I, I expect the Rams to, to do well. I, I expect Stafford to do well. I like I might be the minority, but I like Goff. I like him in play action. I, they've committed to the run. They brought Jamal Williams into Detroit to, to run the ball a little bit. They've got some good tight end play, a couple of young guys at tight end. Uh, if they can get anything from their receivers, um, you know, I think they're going to be okay. I think the Lions are in the right direction. I'm not a Dan Campbell fan, though. I'm really not. I don't I don't like the rah-rah, freak-out guy coach because I think that gets old pretty quick. Uh, we've seen coaches like that in the CFL get run pretty fast out of the league. So um, we'll see how that pans out. But uh, I do like the Lions, and, I, you know, they have to play Green Bay twice a year. They have to play Minnesota twice a year. And now you're the upstart Bears, who look like they're, you know, they just they just signed the offensive lineman. Jesus, name slips my mind there. Jason, Jason Peters. Jason Peters. Very you know, good. He might Older. Be, very good. You know, but a veteran guy to maybe coach up the young guy behind him. Like you know, they look nice. That's a nice team on paper. So, and they weren't that far off last year. I mean, they needed a little bit of better quarterback play. They didn't get it from Trubisky, which who, who's now. Uh, backing up in Buffalo, but I'm super intrigued to see how these lower tier, medium tier teams make the leap this year with the draft picks that they've had in the last couple of seasons. I'm super intrigued to see that. Um, I'm, it's less intriguing for me to know the good teams and how they're going to do, because you know they're going to do well. You know Pittsburgh's going to be no worse than 8-8. Eight and eight. You know Baltimore's going to be a 10-6 and six team. You know Cleveland might win the division. Like, you know the, they're entities. So, for me, seeing how these uh, fringe teams like Denver can Teddy Bridgewater bring that team to the next level? That's a good defense in Denver. They've got a good running game. They've got one of the best offensive lines. They were just missing a quarterback last year. I mean, they threw in this wide receiver guy to play quarterback one one game last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because of COVID, and they wouldn't let the... Because of COVID. I still don't understand why they didn't let the quarterback coach Dress. play quarterback. Because they the, the Broncos were asking for that to happen. And they, I mean, the league said no. And I said, well, why wouldn't... Like, you can sign anybody you want and play them, right? Like, the it's... Yeah. So, why... Anyway, that's a cool. question for some other time, if somebody has an answer, but I have no idea why. I would have loved to have seen that. And look, it's, this is the preseason. I'm trying to get... I'm trying to find excitement in the preseason. I, I, am, I am fully against 
like extended preseasons here. Pittsburgh's going to end up playing four preseason games because if you, you have to count in the Hall of Fame game where everyone else is playing three. Uh, you know, uh, today uh, Claypool was uh, uh, helped. No, 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 no. That's an extra game, <laughs> potential injury. Claypool was helped off the field today. It ended up being just a minor ankle sprain, but that's he's their that's their ticket. Certainly from the from an offensive standpoint. Are they I gone mean, to seventeen guys, games this year? They're going to seventeen games and le- and one less preseason game. That, so, but that hasn't happened yet. That's next year. No, that's this year. So three is oh yeah, I guess it's normally four. So you guys get four because you get the and, Hall of Fame game. Pittsburgh and Dallas are the only team that are playing four, and uh, you know, and not that again. I'm sure Tomlin's going to sit the, you know, he didn't, he hardly played. Roethlisberger's going to play probably a snap next game, and he'll probably play a snap in the fourth game. But still, it's just that extra time for Pittsburgh's kind of thin at the offensive line, although they're playing amazing football. Uh, left tackle, rookie Dan Moore is an absolute beast. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing Pittsburgh run the ball. But uh, that makes me, that makes me worried. I, I just, uh, this preseason stuff, I mean, if they're not going to play their starters, if it's just a glorified tryout, then just scrimmage until you've made your cuts. I mean, I can't, you're risking your whole season over what, you know, for a preseason game that doesn't mean anything. It, it's just not enough for me. It's not like hockey or baseball where, where, you know, the, the injuries are going to be kind of freakish. If football is a, you could, it's a, it's, you could end your career in one play and you're going to have a preseason game for it. I don't know. I'm just so anti preseason. It doesn't mean anything. It's boring to watch. Yeah. But at the what can same you do in time, to mimic preseason. No, uh, you can't mimic game <laughs> play. You just can't. Like, I think the biggest argument for preseason would be if we looked at the CFL's first few games this year that, that happened <laughs> nice without segue. preseason. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ooh. It is not good football on the field. Um, you know, we talk about uh, Ottawa's first game against Edmonton. They won 16-12. I think it was a pick six return for a touchdown. Uh, you know, I, the, it was a late game. But I watched, you know, the highlights again the next morning. We, Ottawa gets the ball at the one, and then they're like, oh, it ended up being a field goal, which they were kicking from like the 25. So how did you go back 24 yards before even kicking the field goal? And then it's a <laughs> – anyway, it's just – Offenses take more time to click. You need to be practicing in real time against real defenses, make real reads, understand all that kind of stuff um, to get your timing right. It's just, it's just natural. Defense is a reactive position, so you're reacting to what the offense is doing. The offense needs to be clicking and be on the same page. Otherwise, I just think the NFL is not willing to put a product on the field that is – at the level that the CFL first couple of weeks has been sure. um, by sacrificing the preseason. And that's fair. I've got the CFL standings right in front of me and your everything you just mentioned, it, it can be uh, also supported by some of these records. You look at the Stampeders and the Elks are both 0-2, but they both arguably have like the most complete offenses when it comes to, you know, good quarterbacks, good receivers, um, tried tested guys who've had success in the CFL. They're both sitting at 0 and 2, and Brock, the Elks looked like they were they were terrible on offense, and so are the Stampeders. I mean, you know, you know, Bo Levi, you don't just go, you don't just get bad quick like that. I mean, how many years did it take Calvillo to slow down? You know, so yeah, this um, it's not we, a product of his ability. Yeah, 
it's just it's a product of the shortened preseason and just not having the time to put in. Sure. I mean, I'll give kudos to some of the defenses I've seen, though. I mean, the Alouettes defense was all over the field um, in their game. Uh, I think it was against the Tiger Cats. I mean, they were playing lights out football. Uh, so I've been pretty impressed with the defensive play. But I the guess Argos, when you had... uh, sorry, the Owls look pretty decent, right? Yeah. And was that extra week? Because they had a bye week that first week. So is there anything to say, well, that's an extra week of us practicing and, and getting stuff yeah. together? Who knows? Yeah. Oh, they beat the Elks. Sorry, they beat the Elks, and they beat them handily. And uh, uh, Harris did not look good at all. I think he had three picks in the first half, and he should have had a fourth for a pick six right before the half. But, um, no, the Alouettes, Alouettes look pretty good. CFL, definitely an issue offensively. Uh, hopefully, they'll, you'll see the team start getting into rounding into form uh, on the offensive side because it, ha- it really hasn't been pretty, guys. And I'm trying to watch. I mean, I'm trying to keep a – uh, you know, a leg up on the on this season, so we can have discussions about who's who's doing what. But it's been tough to watch for sure. I want to shout out the uh, Ottawa Blackjacks. They, uh, <laughs> yeah, they were they sort of limped into the playoffs, and uh, they ended up beating the three seed uh, to make it to the the semifinals of the CEBL. So uh, it, they play their playoffs in a bubble, and it's a one and done type scenario. There's no series. So it's pretty exciting basketball. So congratulations to them. Uh, Ottawa hosts the playoffs next year, so there'll be some additional games we can actually go and watch. That's exciting as well. Uh, Yeah, it'll be a really good show. The CEBL launched a uh, a new team. I, uh, for the life of me, can't remember. It's based out of Ontario, though, so that's exciting. I think they're the Scarborough Hotshots, maybe? Something like that. Okay. Um, Very Shooting stars, sorry. The shooting stars, so... That's an, another team. So that's got to tell you, Mike Morreale, former CFL guy, runs the CEBL. Um, he's the uh, commissioner. So he's doing something right if you're expanding to uh, places like Scarborough. The league is, has continuous, continuously been growing. So that's exciting if you're a basketball fan. So I'm excited about that. Um, Brock, uh, I had talked to you earlier today about George Springer. You were unaware of his injury. He actually has a sprained knee. And Charlie Montoyo is quoted today as saying he hopes he can be back by the end of the year. Um, what? Pardon me? Excuse I thought you said me? it was an ankle. So did I. I guess the re- official injury report came out today, and it's a sprained knee. Tests are still pending. Um, and Charlie just said he doesn't know anything, which is never good. So, like, do the Jays have a chance in hell if they don't have Springer? I mean, this guy brings experience, brings leadership, brings a leadoff bat that is feared. He brings a great glove and defensive mind in the outfield. He allows multiple players to play different positions around once he's in there and they're not pigeonholed. Mm -hmm. We put them in the best spots. Like, this is a huge loss. And we weren't even aware of his effect on the team at the beginning of the season because he started the season hurt. But once he kind of got in and started getting into the swing of things, no pun intended from a baseball standpoint, he is a huge piece of this puzzle. And because Mm of that, I am, if there was any doubt before with this whole West coast stand with the Jays and where they might uh, finish and do they have enough to sort of make that push? Cause they were so hot at home now, mm-hmm. granted, the, the West Coast and, and flipping 
time zones that dramatically and being out there for a while, it's going to take you a little to get used to, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But losing Springer is a major deal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when they arrived back in Toronto for that first game that uh, against the Royals and, the, and they played the Indians and um, and Red Sox, Springer was a huge part of that. I mean, I think he went on a, he was on a home run tear for five, six, seven consecutive games. He has 16 home runs now. Uh, I, I think he has like 14 of them after the All-Star break. It's crazy. So he's a huge part of that team. I will say this. It must. It's also a nightmare year for uh, for Biggio, Kevin Biggio. This can't be good. Uh, you know, he hasn't been in the lineup. He's constantly hurt. He's dealing with a back injury. He, you know, when he was in the lineup earlier in the year, he didn't play well, certainly on the defensive end anyways. So, you know, uh, those are the negatives. The positives, how about Santiago Espinal's glove? He's been amazing at third. He's filled in very nicely. Yeah, he's, I mean, we talked about the third base being an issue for the Jays, BGO not being the guy that is going to fill that void. So it's really nice to see somebody step up. Um, Again, third and the catcher positions are the two that we were sort of most concerned about other than pitching. Um, and I think that he's he's playing the role great. So hopefully he's he locks it down and and uh, and keeps playing the way he's playing. That, Co- that Corey Dickerson acquisition is looking pretty huge right now because it still allows them some flexibility to play Gurriel at first and uh, roll out Gritchick. Gritchick can play a good center field. I mean, he, yep. you know, he's not uh, Kevin Pillar, but he's close. And, I like Gurriel uh, so played well at first too. Hey, you know what? It's it just adds a little bit of flexibility. So throwing uh, a left-handed bat in uh, Dickerson. If they had Biggio, it would even add a little more dynam- um, dynamic element to their lineup, another left-handed bat. But uh, he, that acquisition is looking pretty good right now, i got to tell you. I, I like Dickerson, actually. Hey, he's a he's a pro hitter, and uh, he's not George Springer, but he's going to ha- add an element of insurance, certainly insurance. So I'm a little, I'm a little skeptical. Uh, I think the Jays are kind of stumbling here the last, uh, you know, the – I think Seattle took two out of three. I didn't the Angels did they either split or the Angels took two out of three. Split the Angels. Split the Otani Angels. So I mean pitched the you, last one to to push the split. Yeah, got yeah, I mean you gotta win some of these series. And Seattle's right hot in their tail. It's gonna be a tough it's gonna be a tough go. They have the pitching. They have the starting pitching. I mean, I don't know if there's a better rotation than Barrios, uh, uh, Ryu and um Oh, geez. Ray. Uh, Manoa and Ray. I mean, name me a better four. You know, name me a better four starting pitching in the AL. That, those, that's a good, and it's, it's balanced with lefties and righties. So the Jays have the starting pitching. Their bullpen is starting to come around. I heard Merriweather going to be coming off the DL soon. Oh, That'll it's be about a time. Brock, your thoughts on Rafael Dolis? There are some uh, rumors that uh, fans are clamoring for him to just be outright released. What, uh, your thoughts on his play? What's his problem? He was good last year. He was good last year. Um, you know, his tempo is really slow. So from a fan oh. perspective, oh. I, I, I think it's just, it's like oh. a death by a thousand paper cuts. You know, when you're watching it and there's a couple guys on base and if they end up losing the game because of him being in there, it's just, it's so <laughs> drawn on that it makes it, the effect even worse. I don't think he's that bad. I don't want to see him necessarily get straight up released. I think he's got a lot of talent there. I think he, um, you know, yes, the long delays between pitches is kind of annoying. 
But at the same time, it seems like he never seems to get overwhelmed by the situation either. Um, you know, doesn't doesn't panic. Um, and more often than not, I find that he does get us out of jams, you know, or gets himself out of the jams he kind of puts himself in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, ultimately the end result is is positive, but it's not it's not easy on the old ticker when you're watching. Sure. But um, I don't know. I think fans are harsh, but I also think part of it has to do with just the how long he's on the and and guys just let's go. The fans just want to see. Let's mm. let's make it happen. And there's a lot of uh, time in between pitches. Fans are funny. Like Dolise last year was their high leverage guy. You know, if they were if there was two on no out and they were up by one and they needed a guy to come and like you know, settle things down. He was the guy they called on. He had a good ERA. This year, his ERA is over four. Um, like you say, he's methodical on the mound. Even his windup is slow. Like, you know, his leg kick is slow. It looks like he's throwing in slow motion and the ball's coming in at 92 or 93. But, like, everything about him is just methodical. And it, it, it becomes like, hey, is he is he the man? And he's getting hit pretty hard this year. But uh, people forget that, you know, he was good last year. And, you know, Dwayne Ward didn't have the greatest start to his Blue Jays career. He ended up being one of their best relievers of, uh, of all time. So it's like maybe it's an off year. Again, they've been all over the place with, like, you know, Dunedin and Buffalo and this and that and the other. And that affects guys. And he's been asked to do more than he was last year. Given the sure. injuries and given where everybody was, they really cal- called upon him in situations that wasn't necessarily his forte either. So... Um, I think Pitching? that, well, like, uh, <laughs> they brought him in to close a couple of games sure. and, and yeah, stuff it's where tough. it's just, I just don't think that's, he's like the setup guy, right? Which is what yeah. he was a bit more last year. And then you bring in the closer and I feel that he was just asked to do a lot. And, and as minor as some of those changes might seem to us, those are a different strategies, a different way of having to pitch. And he might just not fit that bill. Let's stay with the Jays. Let's and, do uh, it. <laughs> let's let's break down. I mean, we pretty much we, we broke this thing into a million pieces over the course of the week. But there was a situation a couple nights ago. It is uh, bottom of the eighth. Okay. No, it's top of nine. Top nine. Sorry, <laughs> top nine. Yes, because they're on the road. It's top nine. It's a two-two ball game, and. Uh, somebody hit, was it Teoscar? Somebody hit a, uh, no, it was, it would have, must've been. Bases are juiced. Bases are juiced. There's one out. It was Springer. Bichette must be Springer. might be whoever was in front of Vladdy. It wasn't Springer. Maybe it was well, Bichette's Bichette. hitting behind Vladdy. So it must, who was, oh, it was Simeon. It was Simeon. Okay. Simeon's yes. at the plate. Okay. Who's on, uh, who's the guy that's on third? That young guy. It's Braylick Valera on third. Simeon's at the plate. He hits a, a pop-up in foul ground. Now, mind you, the first baseman had to make a pretty difficult catch because he it was over his head. He was but, running away from the first base, like away from home right. plate. He's running back. He's catching it, like looking over his shoulder, right. basically. And if he, if he catches it, it's the second out of the inning, but we still have Vladdy on deck, Valera at first, at the third, sorry, and there was a dude at second. So bases are fully loaded. No, I, I'm, no, I don't think this was, I think somebody was not at first. I think it was second and third because we had scored in the inning to tie it. I think. Anyway, let, let's just assume. Let's just say the bases were loaded. Because I'm right. 
my (laughs) (laughs) my philosophy is okay yes the guy's making an over-the-head catch but for sure his dugout's saying if you you know catch it and turn because you know the guys you know the guy at third might break and try to score for sure he was communicated that for sure uh, while he was running for the ball someone said or even in, in his own mind he knew if i catch this i better turn i better make a turn and have a look sure I bet you. I bet you he didn't even anticipate the guy taking off because that's how that's how shallow it was. So the the aggression part is where you and I differ. You say you like the aggression. You like the fact that the kid went back and tagged, and tried to score off a very shallow foul wall pop up. I'm more of the philosophy of like you got Vladdy who's been struggling, but now it's an opportunity to get out of this. He hit a he had a home run earlier in the game. He's sitting on deck with you got two on, two out, three on, two out. What does Valera do? He breaks for home. He, to his credit, he made it close, but he would have been out by a mile had the catcher really blocked the plate. You like the aggression. I don't like it. I blame Luis Rivera. You say forget it. It was the player's call, and it was a good call. I don't say that it was the player's call and it was a good call. I say it's a good call. If Louis Rivera yelled at him to go, told him to tag up, tag whatever, I don't care who did it, it's a good call. It's 2-2, bases are loaded. That catch is being made, now it's two outs. Now you got Vladdy, your best hitter, Mm -hmm. who's kind of in a slump, had a good hit that game, uh, at the plate, trying to score a run where... Every base is a force, and anything up in the air is an out. You've already, we've already talked about baseball and like, oh, if you're at the park, you know, oh, it's, it's not super exciting. It's a few hits, few hit. Okay, few hits. Vladdy had his hit already. What are the odds he's going to hit two home runs? Or he's going to, you know, if he goes two for four, that's a great night for him. A great baseball player is only good 30% of the time. I think the odds of that first baseman running away from home, catching it over his shoulder, turning and putting a ball where it needs to be is a much smaller play. All last season and last season, all last eight years I've been watching the Blue Jays, my complaint has been that the Jays are not aggressive enough on the base pads. Mm-hmm. We're always waiting for the guy at the plate to hit. Oh, we're waiting for Donaldson to hit home run or Encarnacion's going to hit home run, whatever. You got to force it. You got to make the defense make that play. And I totally support that, that run in that situation. It's 2-2. You go, if you don't score, Vladdy strikes out. If, if nothing happens, Vladdy goes up and he grounds out to second, pops up to right or whatever. You're like, oh, we didn't score any runs. We didn't, we're waiting and he didn't get the hit. Like, I think we're complaining about the same thing. If Vladdy doesn't hit, we're like, we're not being aggressive enough. They're aggressive. Okay, it didn't pay off. He was called safe initially, and then it got overturned by a replay. So it was that close already. I also think if he slides with his right hand, uh, he probably hits the plate before the catcher gets a chance to touch his forearm with like the the thread of the lace of his glove that is in mm-hmm. ultimate slow motion and whatever. So, again, without <laughs> instant replay – at high def, at that slow frame speed, he was called safe. That was boom. Now you're 3-2 going into the bottom of the ninth. You've already struggled. You know, you, you split with Anaheim. You'd already lost the game in Seattle. Like, you need to spark something. And that was 1,000% the right call, in my opinion. You disagree? 
we do have a third party here. I don't know if he's willing to give us his insight, but he is now. And Mikey. Let, let's let's break down the variables. Uh, time of the game, the count, who's on deck, and the depth of the foul ball. So, guys, full disclosure, I did not see this play. I'm coming in from vacation where there was one TV, and I got overruled every time when I wanted to watch <laughs> baseball. Uh, but it's like there are so many variables in baseball. And you and I agree with Brock, you got to be aggressive, but you got to pick your spots. And it's a like I'd rather be aggressive in the take an extra base, not base hit down the line. Uh, you know, make the make the guy make the fielder get the ball and throw a second to you know try and try and stretch that single into a double. Where I disagree is turning uh, one out into a double play. You know what I mean? Like especially with Glad- Vladdy coming up. Now I don't know the circumstances of the game. I don't pitching. I don't. It, I'm assuming it was a high leverage guy because the the situation high game, top of the ninth. Uh, it was not their starter. It was not their closer. Sorry. No. No. It wasn't there. Okay, so I thought no. maybe it was to 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 force that uh, force Toronto, but um, yeah, I, like I say, I, I I agree with the aggressive approach, and I agree uh, trying to steal bases uh, where you can uh, when you got a picture to a long lineup or something. Uh, again, stretch the single into a double. Maybe take uh, go first to third with even guys with average speed on a ball that gets to the outfield, but uh, or or go second to home, but. Um, it's the that situation, as described to me. And again, I haven't seen it. I don't know how far the ball went, but it's like no, you you leave it with Vladdy. You take your you take your next at bat, especially if the bases are loaded, because then it walks a run, right? And like anybody doesn't want to pitch to Vladdy. I don't care how bad he's slumping. Well, they scored, uh, you know, and they scored their two initial runs of that game off. Uh, it was a it was a two out two on situation, and uh, T. Oscar hit one up the middle. So, you know. I, it, Brock, if it was the eighth inning, I'm I'm with you. Like, there's a little bit more leeway. If he screws up, we still got an inning to come at this. It's tie but game. You screw up, it's a tie, it's a tie game. You're not game. losing. Now, now the now the Mariners get one run. It's over. And, you know, if they do in the they're eight, going into the and they're going into the bottom of the ninth with full momentum, having turned that double play, getting out of that jam. True. You know, either or, bases loaded or two guys on. Again, or you're you're talking I an mean, inch, yeah. and the Jays get in, and they're going in with all that that momentum going into the bottom mm-hmm. of the ninth. It's I don't know if I'm going to stay up. Play. It's batting in like, the pros is not a high percentage play either. But that one there is, on, is I guarantee you that guy makes that play two out of ten times tops. The 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 first baseman, tag? yeah, the over the shoulder again. He's probably another. 30, 40 feet away from first over his shoulder to turn and then throw on a dime. Like, that's just not an easy play to do. I don't care that they're pros. That's, I feel like that's a lower percentage. And for it wasn't for, that far, though. Like, it really wasn't. He was off his first base, maybe, maybe 20 feet from first, 30, maybe. Like, that it was too shallow for me. I love, I love the aggressiveness if it was just a little bit deeper. If and, he's catching and looking at home, 100%, you don't do it. The fact that he's got to turn, figure out, you know, where he is, where to release that ball, and whatever. I'm not a professional. I've done it before where I've tried to throw a ball uh, while turning, and it's still my my probably one of my first out-of-body experiences because I literally, from the stands, <laughs> watched this ball go into the stands. Like, it just it took off, and I'm just like, that's not an easy play to do. And that's not something they practice all the time from first baseman, those over-the-shoulders, back-to-home kind of thing. 
I think you got to push it. If I'm staying up to watch a baseball game and the Jays lose, <laughs> would I rather see them lose that they were trying to get their butts to home and it was a bang-bang play and the guy made a great play in, or do I want to see Vladdy take a questionable ball three that's in the umpire's hands and he just walks back to the dugout? Well, you know, if question, we're going to lose, you know what I mean? Like now it's about the, the balls and strikes. So for me, again, I'm totally in agreement. For the record, my father-in-law was totally in agreement as well. We, we <laughs> were talking about how every at-bat Vladdy had early in the season was must-watch TV. Now all of a sudden it doesn't matter? I mean, it's Vladdy Guerrero. He's your best player. He's on deck. An opportunity to smash two, one in, at least one in. And you and, take and that away the from other thing. Yeah, you can kind of run yourself out of a big inning. Well, that's you know, exactly what they did. You, and, you know, Brock's right about the percentages. And, you know, the, you know, the three out of ten times is when you're going to get a hit. He already had a big one in that inning. I, I get all that. But he's your best player. And you hope he's going to go two for four in a situation like that where he's dialed in and he's he's the one of the best hitters in the in the majors right now. I just – to take that away from him – and he, to his credit, he patted Valera on the back. You know, they went back to the dugout. Okay, it's all good. If it was me in slow pitch <laughs> and we – and we ran and got tagged out, and I was on deck ready to hit a grand salami, I'd have lost my mind. I mean, I have lost my mind in those situations, James Kelly. Yeah, but then James said you just popped up, and it was an easy out anyway. <laughs> yeah, but that's not the point. That's not the point. <laughs> I got mad, and then I didn't hit the ball. Exactly. I don't know. I'm, I Again, I had no problem with topic. it whatsoever, and I would recommend doing it again. I... I cannot go eight years and complain about their lack of aggressiveness and then go and say, meh, don't be aggressive there. Screw but it. I, I don't think that I'm down. I don't know if they've been, I don't know if it's been a lack of aggression, Brock. I just think it's been a lack of speed. And Gibby has been all about the hitting the homers. But when they have tried to be aggressive, it's, <clears throat> it's not timely. It's like Luis Rivera making his head up his butt. Like he, I've been made my feelings clear about Luis Rivera and being a third base coach. And, you know, he really is just an extension of Montoyo, and you know he doesn't have as much power as you think, Pepin. Why is he there then? If he's going to be a liability, because he, he's the only guy who can them? wear a winter jacket under a jersey during a game <laughs> and still tuck <laughs> it into his pants. That he should have been fired for that alone, or fined at least. I got no love for Luis Rivera. I'm sure he's a lovely guy. He was a 210 hitter when he was an MLB player. Like I mean, he's got he brings nothing to the table other than the fact that maybe he's buds with Montoyo. You know who I was really disappointed when they let go of the first base coach there from a couple of years? What was his name? I loved uh, him. He was really, really excitable guy, and he's no longer oh, there, but they kept Rivera? The little, the little yeah. uh, is he a little redhead? Yeah, yeah. that's a guy. Oh, there's that's a guy at Blues league. Fest. I was wearing a Blue Jay hat, and there's a drunk kid behind me. And he was like, <laughs> oh, I know. And he said the name. I'm like, oh, yeah, the first baseball coach. He's like, yeah. He's like, oh, I'm friends, family friends or something. And I was like, ah, cool. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. And uh, it was like Tim he or something? He coached in Ottawa. He, he Did coached, he? Uh, yeah, he coached in Ottawa. Tell me he wasn't a, a cool cat, and they didn't keep him, but yet they, uh, they keep Rivera on the payroll. I mean, I don't know. What do I know? Leaper? Yeah, Leaper. Tim Leeper. Tim Leeper. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. All right. Well, agree to disagree. Brock, can we do next week? Can we pull? Um, oh, I'm not here next week. The next time we're all here together, can we, can we get that video so Mike and I and you can reassess it? We sort of break it down live for everybody? Uh, yes, I will for sure get that video uh, should it support my 
argument. (laughs) (laughs) If not, it will no longer be accessible. Just a programming note for uh, anybody who's listening that uh, I will not be here next week and then one more Tuesday in September. And I I just want to preface it by saying, like, I've been we've all been cooped up for so long with the pandemic. And I finally have an opportunity to play a a co-ed sport that I really enjoy. It gets me out literally once a week. And um, did you say co-ed? I thought you were playing a man's actual balls and strikes softball. Now I've been talking you up as being this big, still (laughs) athletic, old middle-aged guy. Well, the lineup it's there's, it's two females and, uh, and nine males, but it's like, hard underhand which is really good our girls uh, the, the girls in the league are actually quite good so um it's i mean co-ed okay. by, by by definition but it really is good ball but it, more than that it's a chance to be around people and it's been a long time since i've been able to do that so um for whatever reason the schedule landed on a couple of tuesdays this year um so i i, I do miss our, our chats on tuesday um but i'm, I'm kind of making a mental health decision by being just getting out there and being active but that'll be done soon, and then next year the season is not on Tuesday, so I don't even have to worry about it moving forward. But uh, thanks for understanding. We might have a college football guy. We're still going to try and book him to have a chat with Brock next week because um, he's a big college football guy, this particular person I'm talking about. so He also plays college football. He also plays college fo- football, yeah. So um, <laughs> hopefully that pans out. But anyways, I hope you guys have a great uh, show next week. Awesome. Definitely appreciate it. We'll start to... Uh Whatever. We'll back you up for your shenanigans. Although you do say mental health, but at the same time you talk about yelling at people because they were aggressive because on the base pads. Hey, it, because you got to look, know your, know the situation. You're not a fast runner. You're not tagging up the ball shallow. So just stay at third. It's for fun. Let the big it's mental health, thing. man. It's mental health. Ah. You know, you got to give ah. yourself a break. Okay, we're going to go out to uh, Spotify has a uh, playlist, the best rap songs of 1997. I love going back Ooh. to those kind of years and stuff. Anyway, Sejep days. Sejep days, yeah. I'm just heading out okay. to, uh, to university. Anyway, this is uh, Heavy D, Big Daddy, one of my favorites. Uh, Michael, again, thank you for everything. This went a lot smoother with somebody's help in the background. I didn't do anything no stupid. And uh, we'll have to edit out uh, Pep's language moving forward. <laughs> All right. Sorry, guys. Stupid. What the deal? I want to know, was this love for real? Or could it be lust that I feel? You got it going on and on like a wheel. Fly sex appeal. Physique extra ill. Smell sweet dress to kill. You got me open like a token. Hot and smoking. Jacuzzi. Bubble bath. Laughing. Joking. Candlelight. Talking about how you and your X-Men fight. Tropical sight. Be saying white. Listen. Seafood dishes. Wine cooler. Champagne wishes. Waterbed head. Fine dude with some riches. You're lovable. Huggable. I love the cute mugging. As long as I'm around and down, nothing could ever trouble you. How would you buy it? The way you touch me. Driving in your caddy. You can be my big daddy. Quality time, cute face, haircut, like 
like the Halley design. Keep my dad laced up with fly gear and makeup. But you should see her when she wake up. Never could we break up. Shop till you drop, cause the cream don't stop. Buy your punch your outfits to sexy and hot. So she could look good for heavy D. Overweight loving MC. Rub your gently. You know it's Steve, big CEO, sex OT. Mac game, similar next to gold. Flex your mind. Creeping through your room late at night. It's hell. Or all the better stand, so get it right. You be like that. It's that big man. We all love to like. That's right. Game air tight. Why you caught up in the hype? That's right. Have Shiggy, Niggy be Jiggy. Baby, you ready for Big Daddy? How won't you buy it? Say what? The way you touch it. Love it, baby, you'll carry. You can be my Big Daddy. Dollar sign, booby all that and then some. Job all that, mad income. And New York is where she represent from. 24-7, you the one that I be sweating. You a dime, that's no question. Couldn't be nothing less than sexually the best next to me. I confess, you got me hooked on like phonics. Or we heads on crime. Now sip you ready. You give them all like Demi. Good and plenty. Nothing could compare to you. Boo, I swear to you. I feel for you. For real for you. All I wanna do is be with you. Might even steal for you. You walk like you talk like you sex. When you kiss me, you bless me, undress me, caress me You on my mind like all the time You genuine and you fine, vision you like dollar sign yeah, yeah. How would you buy it? Say what? The way you touch me, 